let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Freddie Figures had just been born when his mother threw him away. She abandoned Freddie by a rubbish dumpster and left him there to die alone. It was a terrible start for a life that seemed hopeless. But God, in his mercy, looked down on Freddie and rescued him. Someone came along and found the little baby boy and took him to the social workers. On the second day of his life, the social workers handed Freddie off to a couple named Nathan and Betty Mae Figures. The plan was for the Figures to keep Freddie temporarily until the social workers could put him in a home. But God touched Nathan and Betty, and they decided to keep Freddie and adopt him as their own. It seemed like an odd arrangement. Nathan and Betty Mae were both in their 50s. They weren't rich. Nathan was a maintenance worker, and Betty Mae worked on a farm. But despite the obstacles, they gave Freddie an opportunity in a home of love. And despite his difficult start in life, Freddie took the opportunities given to him and walked through an open door of possibility. At the age of nine, Freddie got a hold of an old broken computer and got it working again. At the age of 12, he got his first job repairing computers at his school. At the age of 16, Freddie started his own company called Figures Communication. When he was 19, he launched another company called Figures Wireless. At 21, Freddie Figures became the youngest telecom operator in the United States of America. Today, Freddie Figures, the boy who was thrown away like trash, is a multi-millionaire tech inventor with numerous companies. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the amazing true story of Freddie Figures. No matter what your circumstances say or how difficult your situation looks, God always has an open door for you. If you will lift up your eyes and look with eyes of faith, you'll see God's open door. If you'll listen to his voice, you'll hear God calling you higher. If you'll surrender to his spirit, God will do great things in and through your life. That's the truth we're going to discover today in our sermon titled, An Open Door. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you today for your grace, for your spirit, for your love. We thank you for your presence here, guiding us into your word and the revelation we need to go up higher. Today, I pray, Lord, that you will open heavens and descend upon us. Let your spirit come and fill our minds with your truth and give us the grace we need to obey. We submit to you now. I bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit. It is loosed on earth. He is loosed in heaven to come and fill our hearts and minds with your presence and to lead us into the truth. We thank you and we bless you now that at the end of today, your name will be glorified and our lives will be transformed. We ask these things by faith in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment. Join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth For Today. It's great to have you here with me as I begin a new sermon series titled, 
Open heavens. I hear the voice of the Lord calling us to a new level in the spirit. I hear him calling us higher. And as we respond to his call, we will experience open heavens. That's what we can learn in our scripture text for today's message. It's a prophetic word for each one of us found in Revelation 4, 1 and 2. Our scripture text for today is on your sermon notes. It's on the screen ahead of you. But I believe God's word has the most impact when it's in our hearts and on our lips. So I'm going to invite you to read these verses out loud together with me right now, wherever you are. Let's read it with faith. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. After this, I looked, and there in front of me was a door standing open in heaven. I heard the voice I'd heard before. It sounded like a trumpet. The voice said, come up here. I will show you what must happen after this. At once, the Holy Spirit took complete control of me. There in front of me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Our scripture text for today is not only significant because of what it says. It's also significant because of who wrote it. Bible scholars attribute these words to none other than the Apostle John. And if you remember, Apostle John was known in the New Testament as the one that Jesus loved. John followed Jesus from the beginning. He was one of the first disciples called by Christ. He was an eyewitness of all that Jesus did and said. It was John who leaned on Jesus at the Last Supper. It was John who followed Christ to the court when he was put on trial. Jesus entrusted the care of his own mother, Mary, to John when Jesus hung on the cross. There's no doubt that John had a special place in the heart and life of Jesus. There's no doubt that John experienced more of Jesus and knew more about Jesus than almost any other person who lived. Yet here John is, at the end of his life, receiving a new revelation. Here he is receiving a prophetic word that there is an open door ahead of him. He's being called higher. He's being called closer to Jesus. He's being called to see a new vision. And in that fact, there's a message for you today. You may have seen a lot in your life, but God still has a new revelation for you. You may have experienced a lot in your faith, but God still has an open door for you. You may be close to Jesus, but God is still calling you closer. There was more for John, and there's more for you, and there's more for all of us, no matter who you are or how mature you are in the faith. This is not the time to relax. This is not the time to settle down. This is the time to recharge, revive, and seek God for the open door. See, the problem is sometimes you don't see the open door because you're not looking, and sometimes you're not looking because you think you've seen it all. You become familiar with God, and you've lost your hunger for him. That's why our first truth today is this. In order to experience an open heaven, you have to see the opportunity. Listen again to what John said in verse 1. After this, I looked. Everybody say after this. And there in front of me was a door standing open in heaven. For there to be an after, there had to be a before. Something preceded the open heaven. Something happened before God gave the revelation. There was a cause before there was an effect. When you see a tree, you know there was first a seed. When you see a child, you know there was first a man and woman who came together as one. And to see an open heaven, there must first be 
an open heart. An open heart precedes an open heaven. That's what happens here. Before the open heaven, John said in Revelation 1.10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. John had prepared himself for revelation. John had made himself available to God by consecrating himself to the Lord. He was in the spirit. He was set apart on a special day. John experienced an open heart before he received an open heaven. And if you want to experience an open heaven in your life, it must be preceded by an open heart. That's why the Bible says in Joshua 3, 5, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. When you consecrate yourself and open your heart to God, he responds and opens heavens for you. And when you open your heart to God, you will see an open door. That's why John says, after this I looked. Everybody say looked. And I saw a door standing open. It wasn't until he looked that he saw the open door. The door was standing there already open in heaven, but John didn't see it till he looked. The fact is, if John had allowed himself to focus on the obstacles in his life, he would never have looked for the opportunity. You see, John was on the island of Patmos. Bible scholars believe he had been exiled there as a punishment for preaching the gospel. That's why in Revelation 1.9 he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. John was suffering in a place of persecution. The island of Patmos is a small, rocky, unimpressive land. It is certainly not the place you would think of as a place of opportunity. If John had focused on his circumstances, he would have missed the open door. John was in a desperate situation, but sometimes it takes a desperate situation to drive you to God. But when we're driven to God, then we're in the best place possible because with God, there is always an open door. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, there is a wide open door for a great work here, even though many oppose me. So no matter how much opposition you face, God always has an open door for you. No matter who you are, God always has an open door for you into greater things. I'm talking to somebody today. Somebody may have put you down. Some people may have put you in a place of barrenness and destitution. Someone may have exiled you to a land where it seems there is no opportunity, but God has a different story to tell about your life. He says there's an open door before you today. You have to open Open your eyes to see the door before you. Look and see because God always has an open door. No matter what man says or what circumstances say or how difficult your situation looks, there is an open door before you today. So lift up your eyes and look with the eyes of faith. Don't focus on the obstacles. Focus on God's opportunities. See, often the place that seems the least likely to produce any good harvest is the very ground God chooses to bless. On the island of Patmos, John was given the book of Revelation. Exiled by man, he was called up to heaven by God. The place that seems like a place of exile, a place of barrenness, a rocky, destitute, hopeless, and desperate situation is the very place that God can do miracles. For God wants to move in the place that seems impossible, 
so that the glory and honor go to him. I speak prophetically over your life today. You may be in a place that seems void of opportunity, but God is going to give you revelation in that very place. God is going to lift you and speak to you and draw you closer to him in the very place that seems barren and untruthful. That's why I'm here to declare to you today, don't be discouraged about your circumstances because it's in that dark, desperate place of exile that you'll get your greatest revelation. In the barren place, you'll have your greatest breakthrough. God is preparing you for a miracle. He's preparing to show you an open door. That's the powerful lesson we can learn from the true story of a woman in Nigeria named Jumoke Orisaguna. Jamoke was the least likely person you would expect to have an open door of opportunity. She was a young mother of two who used to walk the streets of Lagos selling bread from on top of her head. Originally a hairdresser from Osun State, Jamoke was struggling to make ends meet, so she migrated to Lagos to become a street vendor. But with little education and no capital, Jamoke didn't have much opportunity. She earned just a pittance every day, and her future seemed bleak. But then one day, as she was wandering the crowded streets of Lagos, she accidentally walked into a professional photo shoot. The famed photographer Ty Bello was photographing UK pop star Tiny Tempa, and one of the pictures captured Jamoke in the background. And in that split second, her life changed forever. Jomoke's image was posted on social media, and immediately, interest in the beautiful bread seller exploded. She was awarded lucrative modeling contracts. She's been given a full scholarship to complete her education, and a bank even offered to pay for schooling her two children. In the place that seemed to be a dead end, Jomoke discovered an amazing open door. Facing overwhelming obstacles to success, Jomoke was given an awesome opportunity. And that's what I see for you today. I see an open door before you. I see an open door that no man can shut. No power of hell can stop it. No enemy can oppose it. No matter your circumstances, God has an open door for you. That's the message he has for us in Revelation 3, 7 to 8. This is the message from the one who's holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. That's why I declare to you today, it's time for every one of us to seek God so that we can see the open doors he has for us. We need God. We need God to open heaven so that we can go up higher with him. But you see, the door of heaven is not open because of your determination, talent, or ability. The door into an open heaven is opened by God himself. Whatever happens on earth is first designed and settled in heaven. So here's the key. You need to put on your keychain and carry along with you. Don't look to change things here on earth first. Look to change things in heaven. When the issue is settled in heaven, it is guaranteed on earth. That's why I believe if we fail in prayer, we fail everywhere. And I'm here to tell you we need God. We need to seek God. 
The open door is an open door in heaven. And no matter what opportunities you have or don't have on earth, we will always have an open door in heaven for we are coming to the God of the open doors. Hebrews 12, 23 and 24 says, you've come to God himself who's the judge over all things. You've come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. And that brings us to our second truth today. In order to experience an open heaven, you have to hear the invitation. The apostle John continues in verse one with these words. I heard the voice I'd heard before. The voice said, come up here. And here's what this means. The open door leads to the open invitation. The door of opportunity God has for you is an invitation to come into his presence and draw near to him. He's calling you to himself. He's calling you to higher levels in the spirit. He's calling you to come up where he is. For the closer you are to Jesus, the more you will experience all the blessings he has for you. That's why failing to heed the invitation has serious consequences in your life. Hebrews 12, 25 warns us, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who's speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Do not ignore the voice of the one calling you. Do not neglect the invitation. He's calling you by his spirit and drawing you by his love. So you must respond. For the fact is, not all opportunities are created equal. Every opportunity has an expiration date. That's why Jesus says in John 9, 4, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. On June 24th, 2021, the Champlain Towers in Miami Beach, USA, suddenly collapsed. The building shook at 1.20 a.m., and then the 12-floor building came crashing down to the ground. 97 people died, and millions of dollars in property was lost. In the aftermath of this disaster, officials could not explain what caused the building to crumble. There was no earthquake, no storm, and no explosion that brought down the massive building in Miami Beach. But as officials investigated the history of the Champlain Towers, a troubling pattern emerged. For years, engineers, residents, and government officials had warned of serious problems in the building. In 2005, a resident noticed large cracks in the wall of the building. In October of 2018, a structural engineering report on the Champlain Towers detailed numerous problems with the building, including, quote, major structural damage, end quote, to the concrete slab below the pool deck. The consultants also found abundant cracking in concrete beams in the parking garage and warned that something had to be done quickly to repair the building. In April 2020, there were signs of sinking land around the building. And in April 2021, just two months before the building collapsed, the president of the condo association admitted that the building's condition had worsened. The concrete deterioration is accelerating, wrote the president, Gene Wodnicki. But even though numerous calls went out for action to be taken, 
all the calls were ignored. People in power heard the calls for action, but they ignored them. And so the building collapsed and brought death and destruction. And in the same way, when we fail to heed God's call on our lives, it produces death in us as well. That's why you need to understand today that God has a call on your life. Romans 8, 29 to 30 clearly tells us what that call is. Listen to the word of God. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. And having chose them, he called them to come to him. So you're called to be like him, called to his glory, and you're called to come to him, to come closer to Jesus. Understand and hear the invitation today. It's a call to come up here, and that call is to a higher level. The call of God is to a different realm. Come up here, the voice commanded. Don't stay down in the earthly realms. Come up here, away from the world and its ways. Come up here to the presence of God and his holy angels. Come up here to the very life lived for eternal purposes. We are called to a different realm of reality. We're called to be separated from the world and its ways. We're called to a consecration that is higher, a commitment that is deeper, and a calling that is broader than anything this world has to offer. We're called to be sold out for Jesus. The danger in the world today is that you can see the opportunity, but not hear the invitation. In fact, this is what is happening to many in the world today. They see the opportunity that God gives them, but they don't hear the call to come close to him. They see the gospel as an opportunity to advance themselves, but they don't hear the invitation to die to self. They see the opportunity to have a better life, but they don't hear the invitation to surrender their life. They see the opportunity to have blessings, but they don't hear the invitation to bear his cross. Let me be clear. Following Jesus is the only path to a blessed life, but the goal is not the blessed life. The goal is Jesus himself. That's why today you have to hear the call of Christ. Hear the invitation. Come, Follow me, Jesus said. Hear the invitation. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Hear the invitation. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. For Christianity is not just an opportunity for blessings. It's far more than that. It's an invitation to walk with Jesus. Christianity is certainly the way to be blessed. I believe in God's favor and blessings. I believe in his promises and his prosperity. I believe in his opportunity and his overcoming power. But you can have all those things and miss Jesus. If you're only following Jesus for the blessings you can get, then you're not following Jesus. If you gain all the promises in this life, but miss out on eternal life, you've missed what truly matters. Biblical principles work even without Christ, but they don't bring eternal life. There are financial principles in the Bible that will help you grow true wealth, but those truths won't save your soul. There are relationship principles in the Bible that will produce a great marriage, but they won't transform a sinful heart. The fact is, I believe the gospel transforms people's social status. I believe the gospel lifts people out of poverty. I believe that when Jesus enters a family, the next generation is better educated, better off financially, and better and more productive in society. 
When you follow biblical truth, your status in life will change. Your finances will prosper. Your children will succeed. Your relationships will work well. But if that's all you get, you've not gotten salvation. The vision of God for your life is more than just a better job, a better car, and a better home. If you only see the gospel as an opportunity for financial advancement, then you don't understand the gospel. For following Jesus will provide greater opportunities for you. But Christianity isn't just about this life. It's more than just being blessed. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And that brings us to our third truth. In order to experience an open heaven, you have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what happened to the Apostle John when he saw the open door and heard the invitation. Revelation 1-2 says, At once the Holy Spirit took complete control of me. Suddenly and instantly, God came down and John got caught up to heaven. In a moment, the miraculous took place. John was taken to a new level. And the same thing is true for you. When you see the opportunity and hear the invitation, then it's time to surrender to the Spirit of God and let him take control. For we cannot accomplish God's vision for our lives till the Spirit takes control over us. The good news is, Jesus has not only given you an open door, he not only gives you an invitation to follow him, he also gives you the power and ability to carry out his work. That's why John the Baptist said in Matthew 3.11, speaking of Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. No matter how great or awesome we may appear, none of us is anything without the Holy Spirit. We cannot be on fire without him. We cannot be holy without him. We cannot serve without him. We cannot accomplish without him. But when we draw near to him, we become people of power. When we answer the call to go up higher, his fire fills our lives. When we get close to God, he possesses us with fire. For fire has always marked the presence of God. Hebrews 12, 29 says, Our God is a consuming fire. And just as fire consumes everything in its path, so God consumes us with his presence. Fire seizes all in its way and burns up the chaff and the rubbish. And so God would seize you today to purify your heart. Fire always moves upwards. And so God lifts our souls from the earthly into the heavenly realm. Fire enlightens, so God illuminates our hearts. Fire warms, so does the presence warm our hearts as his spirit burns within us. And here's the truth you need to remember today. Since God is fire, everything that belongs to him must also be marked by fire. It's impossible to be close to God and not have the touch of fire on your life. It's impossible to be filled with God's presence and not to be burning with the fire of God in your life. It's impossible to be in the middle of fire and not become ablaze as well. Fire is the mark of God's presence, and it must be the mark of your life too. For you see, fire is what distinguishes us from the rest of the people of the world. It's something that identifies us with God. For Psalm 104.4 says, Who makes his ministers a flame of fire. And when God's fire consumes our lives, we will boldly declare the gospel. Acts 4.31 tells us, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly.
See, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a new power to witness and preach the gospel. There's a power to serve God and others. There's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, helping you to do his will. That's why Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit. And when you see the open door and answer the call to come up higher, then God's power takes over. When you respond to the call, God's Spirit takes control. That's the testimony of my friend, Prophet David Roth from Bogotanga, Ghana. Recently, I was blessed to have Prophet David with us at my church in East Legon. While he was here at Agape, he told me part of his amazing testimony. Prophet David was raised a Muslim. His father was an Al-Haji, and the entire family was immersed in the Islamic faith. But when he was a young man, Jesus Christ appeared to David in person and called him to follow him. But first, David resisted, knowing that leaving the Muslim faith to follow Jesus Christ would mean persecution and attacks. But Jesus appeared to David in person a second time and called him. And this time, David Roth answered the call. It wasn't easy. His father was angry and David faced persecution. Once he was beaten so hard, he ended up in the hospital. But the presence and power of God was upon him. He saw the opportunity for salvation. He heard the call and followed Jesus. And Jesus poured out his power upon David Roth. Persecution could not stop him. Attacks could not discourage him. And eventually, the power of God was so great upon his life that even his father, the Al-Haji, accepted Christ and became a follower of Jesus. Today, Prophet David Roth is being used mightily by God to win souls and to reach this generation with the power of the gospel. His life and ministry are full of God's power as the prophetic and healing ministry flow from him to the nations. You may not have the same gift or the same ministry as Prophet David Roth, but we all have the power of God when we surrender to him. When you see the opportunity by faith and answer God's call to follow him, you'll be caught up higher. You'll enter a new level of power. God will take control of your life and use you for his glory when you surrender to his spirit. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 7, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Spirit of God is waiting to come upon you in a new way. He has gifts and anointing for you. There's an open door in heaven for you. God is calling you up higher. He's calling you into His presence. He's calling you to a new level of His power. And I invite you to join me today and walk through the open door. See the opportunity. Hear the invitation. Surrender to the Holy Spirit and you will experience open heavens. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we seek you today. You're everything we need. Lord, we realize the impact of your truth in our lives, but it's not just the truth we want. It's not just the impact we want. We want your very presence, Lord, your spirit and your truth together, transforming us, drawing us closer. Open our eyes today, Lord, that we might see the open door before us. 
Let us hear your call, a call to follow you, a call to be close to you, a call to abide in you, a call to be united to you. Let us respond by surrendering our entire lives, everything we have and all that we are to your spirit. We invite you to come and take complete control. Transform us in a moment. Let your fire burn in us. Let your gifts be imparted to us. Let your spirit work in us. Take us to the open heavens. We thank you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.